By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. You may be seated. As I flip through my mind, that's no express flip through your mind. How you flip through your mind? <laughs> but as I thought back through my life and ministry, I have no recollection of my ever preaching a sermon concerning Noah. Oh, I've mentioned them in sermons. You can't hardly read the Bible and not say anything about Noah. But I don't have any recollection of God ever giving me a specific message concerning him. Now, of course, you know I am getting older. But guess what? You are too. I'm... We're all getting older. But as I looked at this verse, this verse of scripture, this one verse, tells us some very interesting things concerning Noah, concerning faith, Concerning God. Now, Hebrews 11 has only one verse that references Noah. One verse. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The life of Noah is described in the Bible. In the book of Genesis, we read his life, his account, how God called him, and how he built the ark, and how he brought people in, and animals, and so forth. But the book of Hebrews, in this 11th chapter, which we commonly think of as the Hall of Faith, tells the stories of many people. Most of us are familiar with Abraham because this chapter says quite a bit about Abraham. But only one verse, one verse concerning Noah. But in this one verse, I want us to notice what the writer says. The writer says, by faith, Noah. The writer wants us to understand that all of the things that Noah did 
was done by faith. By faith, Noah. And the writer very neatly and very succinctly captures the motivation behind the calling of Noah and the work that God called him to do by faith, Noah. The first thing that the writer says is that he being warned of God. By faith, Noah being warned of God. He was warned of God of things not seen as yet. God told Noah about some things that had never been seen or heard of. God told Noah that he's going to destroy the whole world. He told him that he's going to send rain and wipe out everything on earth. That had never happened. Fact. There's no record, we don't know, but there's no record that it ever rained. <laughs> now you might say, I didn't worry about that. Read the Bible. But by faith, which is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. I don't know if you realize how powerful that verse is. Noah was warned by God of things that had not yet happened. And what did Noah do? He was moved with fear. I would to God that more of us were moved with fear. He was moved by the warnings of God. God threatened. God said, I'm going to wipe out the whole earth. And Noah believed him. I never seen it. I never heard of it. But the Bible, he would move with fear. Now the word fear, sometimes we think it means shaking and trembling and 
He might have been shaking and trembling. But the word also means fear or respect. Noah believed that if God said it, it was. Noah was moved with fear. And what did he do? He prepared an ark, a boat, a ship, a large vessel. The Bible says that Noah preached for It's going to rain. They laughed at him. They talked about him. They probably tried to have him committed. But Noah, Noah didn't stop. He kept on building. He was moved with fear. He prepared an ark. Well, faith and fear don't go together. Well, if you understand what fear means, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The word beginning means the first sign. The first sign that you are wise is that you respect God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Anybody that doesn't believe that there's a God is a fool. That's what the Bible says. Noah believed what God said. He told him it's going to rain. I'm going to rain and I'm going to wash everything off the face of the earth. He moved with fear. He prepared an ark. You know the story. 
And I, I believe, I don't know, but I imagine that I'll probably have to revisit this story in another message and even maybe one or two more messages as I look at this one verse today. But let's, now, I'm not contradicting myself. The message that I'm preaching today is taken from Hebrews 11, verse 7, okay? That's really all that I'm focusing on today is Hebrews 11, verse 7. But to give you some context, give you some homework, to give you some information that you can read, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. But understand, the message today is for Hebrews 11, <coughs> verse 7. But so you can understand, throughout the week I want you to read Hebrew, I mean read Genesis chapter 6. In Genesis chapter 6, it says in verse 1, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and that they took them wives all of which they chose. Genesis chapter 6 is a difficult passage of scripture to understand. Even though you've read it, I don't know if you've really ever thought about how complex it is. Look at what it says. When men began to multiply, in other words, when the world began to become heavily populated, when human beings were just flooding the earth, and I'm using the word flooding a lot, when there were just mass numbers of people, and they were having children, they had daughters. This is not a, a, a woman bashing message now, but daughters were born. <coughs> the Bible says the sons of God saw the daughters of men, but they were fair, and they took them wives, all of which they chose. The passage is difficult because we don't know what he means, the sons of God. Some say, well, they were angels. Reading the book of Job, came a day when the sons of God presented themselves before God, and Satan came with them. The sons of God were the angels that God had created. Satan was an angel. So he came with his brothers. But the Bible says angels don't marry. And they don't, they're not given to marry. They don't marry and they don't give their offspring. Because they don't have offspring. Angels don't marry. So the first thing we see then is that there was something wrong with the earth. And it started in the family. 
if this passage, if it does, refers to angels, it's wrong. It's something wrong. They looked at these women, and they were attracted to them. And I say this with a smile. There's some good-looking women in the world. Amen. <laughs> brothers. But these angels saw these men's daughters and they said, man. <laughs> So they married them. But guess what God did? God cut the lifespan of man short. At that time, people lived 900 years, 1,000 years. But God said in verse 3, my spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he has also his flesh, and his days shall be 120 years. Mm. You read about people 900 years old, 800, 700. But when these angels, if this is what this means, start marrying these women, God cut the lifespan of man and said, I can't let man live. Live long. No telling him what man will do if he keep living. <laughs> and you look around at the world. Can't you imagine yeah. what the world is going to be like in a few years? Did you ever think it would be like it is now? So God said, I, I got to do something. The Bible said there were giants in the earth. In those days, verse 4. And also, after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they have bare them children, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. These angels and these women start having babies. And they were out of control. And the Bible says God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God looked at man that everything on his mind is evil. The five police officers in Memphis pleaded not guilty. Mm. <laughs> not guilty. Not guilty. On film and everything. <laughs> no. On film and everything. <laughs> 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 God said, man, it's just evil continually. And then we have a 
another word. I told you this, this sixth chapter of Genesis is complex because it says, it, look at what it says. It's, it's complex. It says, and it repented the Lord that he had made man. Repented? What in the world did that mean? God became sorry that he had made man. God said, I wish I never created man. Wish I never made him. God, the infinite, all-knowing, all-wise God said, I wish I never made man. I'm reading what the Bible says. It grieved him in his heart. Do you think God is grieved today? It grieved him. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created. I brought him into the world as I'm a foe, you say, and I'm going to take him out. I'm, I'm going to destroy man whom I made from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. Then it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. As crooked, as perverted as the world was, Noah found grace. Now let's unpack this verse. What is grace? Unmerited. unmerited. <clears throat> so if it's unmerited, what does it mean about Noah? It wasn't because Noah deserved it. For by grace that you say through faith that not yourself a gift of God, not a work of the same both. It was unmerited faith. Even though God was fed up with the world, he looked down and saw Noah and said, I'm going to save him. He found grace. And it goes on and says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. It didn't say Noah was just a man, right? Mm. Noah was what? A just man. What does that mean? He was just a man. Mother? He was just a man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, if it said he was just a man, that would mean one thing. But it said he was a just man. He was a righteous man. He was a just man. And perfect in his generation. I love the way the Bible puts it. What does that mean? In his time. In his time. Compared to all of us. Compared to all the folks that were living in his day. He was, he was perfect. When you put him up against, see, there wasn't no 
morning getting drunk. Yes, Lord. Nor was he just. Now, I'm not going to stay with Genesis right now because I'm, I'm still going back to Hebrews 11. I just want you to kind of see how this story unfolds. And so if you can keep reading Genesis 6, you'll see how God called Noah and how God used Noah and how Noah preached and all of that. And we're going to cover that. But I'm just reading the headlines right now. I'm reading the breaking news. Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith. Noah, being warned of God, in of things not seen as yet. My brothers and sisters, the first thing you have to notice about Noah is that faith was his most prized possession. Amen. If you want to have anything that will cause you to please God, it's faith. Amen. If you want to please, because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Noah was moved with fear, moved with respect. When the two thieves, as we call them, were hanging on the cross with Jesus and one was cursing and mocking him. If you're the son of God, save yourself and save us. The other thief looked at him and said, man, don't you fear God? You don't talk to God that way. Noah feared God. Noah said, no, God has said it's going to rain. And Noah believed him. God said, the soul that sinned shall surely die. Do you believe him? Yeah. You better believe God. Don't play with God. Yeah. Noah moved with fear. He built an arm. He believed God in his day-to-day -day life. He was a just man. Just out there doing all kinds of evil things. He was trying to the best of his ability to live an upright life. That's what I want said of me. Isn't that what you want said of you? Yes. I want when it's all said and done that somebody will say that he was a just man. That he tried to live what he preached. He was a just man in his day-to-day -day life. He was, oh, he was just a man. He was. Bible says Elijah was just a man like us. But he prayed. He prayed earnestly that it not rain and didn't rain for three and a half years. He was just a man, Elijah. But the Bible says that Noah was a, a just man. He had faith in the warnings and threatenings of God. <clears throat> what am I trying to say? He not only believed, oh, God is a good God, and he is a good God, but he believed that God would do what he says, even in his punishment. So Noah believed that God was going to do what he said, and so he began to preach that message. He believed what seemed the weather forecasters didn't agree with him. 
The newscasters didn't agree with him. Nobody agreed with Noah. Nobody, nobody believed him. But he kept on building. Even though I never preached a sermon about Noah, I remember talking to an older gentleman some years ago, and I may have mentioned him before. His name was George Smothers. God bless his soul. He lived in Jacksonville, Mississippi. I'm calling his name. his real name. He was a great brother. He was a mechanic. He was so skilled, he could just listen to a car and tell you what's wrong with it. I used to drive my so-called old car down the street. Mr. Smothers could tell me what's wrong with my car. I even lifted the hood. He said, that car is missing on the eighth cylinder. <laughs> he was a mechanic, and he, he fixed all of the buses for the city of Jackson. And he said to me, when I was a young person, even before I got married, before I started preaching, he said, uh, remember that book in the Bible about Noah? And this mother wasn't, he wasn't a well-educated man, probably. I don't know how far he went to school. <coughs> but he said, Noah kept toting that timber, didn't he? Even though folk was laughing at him. He kept toting that timber. <laughs> He's talking about Noah kept chopping down those trees. <laughs> folk were laughing at him. Man, it's not going to rain. <laughs> You're crazy. Noah kept toting the timber. He kept taking that wood to that place. He kept building that ark. It's the family. It was built. He did exactly what God told him to do. And the only people that went in was Noah, his three sons, and their wives. That's eight people. This is the Bible. This is not something I made up. was destroyed. But Noah, his sons and their wives, because he believed God, he was moved with fear. But again, as I said, he preached for 120 years. So, I got to I got a little encouragement when I read that. I started feeling a little bit better about this ministry. I started to not cry so much, Deacon. I think this man reads 120 years. Nobody said, I'm going with you. Nobody. How many of you were hanging in that home? Nobody. God said he kept building for 120 years and the more he did that 
he became more and more separated from the world. Folks stopped talking to him. Folks stopped listening to him. They wrote him off. Said this man's out of his mind. He was moved, however, with fear. He was moved with fear. He was moved because he knew that God's word would not return void. I want to say to you, my friend, God is real. His word is real. When I look at our world, when I look at the way things are happening in our world, it makes me panic. It makes me shake in my boots. To think that God's word is going unheeded by so many. All this killing, all this hatred, all this vicious things that we hear and see in today's world. People are saying there is no God. That's what they said to Noah. But he kept building. He kept building. What kind of fear was it? It was a fear of loyal reverence. God said it. So I want to encourage you today, if God said it, believe it. Doesn't matter what anybody else said. If God said it, believe it. He knew that God could do and would do what he said. He also had a humble distrust Mm -hmm. in himself. Why do you say that? Because you have to admit, somewhere over that 120 years when he didn't feel no rain, don't you think Noah began to wonder? Amen. (laughs) Did I get this right? But the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Sometimes